Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 596 of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Piller, up in the Blue Mountains. Ross Levitan, still away on vacation, somewhere out in the middle of the sea. Unfortunately, his internet connection was not good enough to join me, so I'll be doing a solo show for the reaction to round one of the 2022 NHL draft. And This was an amazing draft for entertainment-wise. If you're an Ottawa Senators fan, sure, the Sens didn't pick, but much better news as Alex DeBrinkett is now a member of the Ottawa Senators. I can't believe I'm actually saying that. Of course, I'll get into the trade and everything leading up to the trade is there was other rumors going on for what the Senators might do with the seventh overall pick. I'll get into some of the surprises of the first round of the NHL draft. As you guys know, Ross and I covered it extensively. So a lot of these picks we had profiled and uh, learned a lot about. And it's fine that the Sens didn't pick any of them because we got Alex to bring it. So who cares? And then I'll finish off the show with looking at some of the winners and losers from day one based on my uh, opinions and rankings and what the Senators should be able to do in tomorrow's day as they won't pick until pick 64. As of now, Pierre Dorian could still make some trades. We'll see. But there's so much to get into here for the Locked On Senators podcast. So here we go. Today is Thursday, July 7th. Thank you for making the Locked On Senators podcast your first listen of the day or watch of the day. And most of you will be listening to this tomorrow on Friday, July 8th, as I'm recording after the first round very late at night here. But that's fine. I am fired up about what happened at the draft and there's a lot to get into. But If you'd like to support the show, please let us know if you are subscribing already on YouTube. Thanks for that. Give us a like, quick thumbs up, never heard anyone. And be a friend, tell a friend. You can also follow us on all audio podcast platforms, including Apple and Spotify. Wow, this has been a crazy day. And if you're a fan of the Ottawa Senators, like most times for Sens fans, it has been a roller coaster of emotions. This was a great day to be a Sens fan because finally we're not looking at a draft pick in the top 10 where everyone on the internet is saying, oh, what a reach. Uh, The Sens do it again. We don't have to have any of the stress of what's going to happen with that pick because the Ottawa Senators, they traded their first round pick, the seventh overall pick to the Chicago Blackhawks packaged with the 39th pick in the 2022 draft and a third round pick in the 2024 draft for Alex Dabrinkit. I mean, for Pierre Dorian to pull off this move was absolutely incredible. But let's go through this day chronologically for Sens fans. And if you guys follow along on Twitter, I was very adamant that the Sens will keep the pick and should keep the pick. And 
boy, am I glad I was wrong. I mean, you guys know if you follow along with Pilsy's playoff uh, parlay of the day that I'm wrong often. And this is one of those times I do not mind being wrong, but getting ahead of myself, getting ahead of myself. Let's start with the chronological order of how this day went about. So there was rumors that the Ottawa Senators were talking with the Buffalo Sabres and had a deal in place to send Matt Murray to the Buffalo Sabres and the Sens were going to give them the seventh overall pick and retain salary on Murray and drop back to the 16th pick. So this day started off with Sens fans thinking, okay, we're going to move the pick, but it's going to be in a subtraction move to get rid of two years of Matt Murray's contract and we're moving back nine picks that's not what we're supposed to use the seventh overall pick with. Either it was use the pick to acquire talent right now for your NHL roster or keep the pick and hopefully draft a good prospect, which if you watched our 64 prospect profiles, there were some good picks and there was a handful of guys that Ross and I both liked for the Sens to take that seventh overall. So I wouldn't have been too upset if that happened. In fact, that's where I was leaning at, especially when I heard these rumors. I was like, oh my God, they cannot do this. Pierre Dorian cannot do this. And luckily, Matt Murray saved the day because he had a 10-team no-trade list Shocker, Buffalo was on that list. And he said, no, I have this uh, clause in my contract. Buffalo is on my no trade list. You can't trade me there. And it's very interesting that, again, Ottawa is involved in uh, uh, kind of, I don't want to say controversy, but the the trade clause has come around as uh, the famous Dadanov uh, debacle happened uh, outside of Ottawa, but started with Ottawa's uh, contract they gave him. But Matt Murray you got to respect it. That's a part that agents and players, they fight for in contract negotiations. And it was within his rights to say, hey, Buffalo's on my no trade list. I'm not going there. And Pierre Dorian then had to pivot because now he still has a seventh overall pick. I believe they they were trying to move it uh, all day now with hindsight uh, here. And it was interesting uh, in Ian Mendez's article, he mentions that uh, the Senators, even though they uh, had this deal in place to trade Matt Murray, they were still going to go after Alex Debrinkit no matter what. And I think that was interesting to see how they were going to pull that together without using the leverage of the seventh overall pick and having moved back to 16 if Matt Murray didn't uh, nix that trade because then they would have had to add some top-end prospects, probably multiple, to make the deal with Debrinkit happen. And there was other teams rumored to be in on Debrinkit. The Flyers, uh, apparently, they were not interested in moving the fifth overall pick as a part of that deal. And that ended talks quickly. Pierre Dorian, when the Matt Murray deal was done, he said, yeah, the seventh overall pick is in play here. And if we can use that to not give up any of the prospects that we drafted and want to develop, then that's what we're going to do. And thank goodness that that happened because... I was really nervous that they were going to use the seventh overall pick just to shed some salary. And the sense they can't, they can't be doing that. Like, like you really, they're at a point now where the players on this team, Thomas Shabbat and Brady Kachuk in their exit interview told Pierre Dorian things they expected. And I'm sure trading the seventh overall pick to get rid of Matt Murray's contract was not something that they were interested in. Instead, they get a absolute stud of a sniper and, 
I honestly thought there was no way Dorian pulls off a trade that acquires a 40-plus goal scorer in his prime under team control. I, I just thought there's no way. And this was the perfect time for the Ottawa Senators to make this deal. This was a top 10 pick that this team didn't really need. Let's be honest. It was kind of a bonus. And at seventh overall, you're kind of in a weird spot here. And there were some players that I liked. Like definitely uh, Ross and I talked about Joachim Kamel. Cutter Gauthier, uh, Frank Nazar, um, if one of the right-hand shot defensemen fell to them. There were some good options at seventh overall, but no one in this entire draft class, even at the top of the draft, has the sniping ability that Alex Dabrinkit has. And they're, they're going to have him under control for two seasons here. He signed at 6.4, and then he's going to be an RFA. Now, maybe a lot of people are, are thinking, okay, great, you gave up uh, the 7th overall, 39th, and a 2024 third-round pick for two years of Debrinket. But that's a problem that we can deal with uh, down the road here. I'm going to continue. I'm not going to be party pooping pillsy. I'm going to be excited about Alex Debrinket because DJ Smith was interviewed at the draft, and they said, hey, I know it's early, but where do you think you're going to have this guy in your lineup? And he said, we're going to get him with Timmy, which is exactly what every single Sense fan wanted to hear. Not only with Timmy, but Drake Batherson as well. When you get uh, a line of those three players and you start thinking about what's this power play going to look like? We know they had a very effective top power play unit, but the second power play unit got to be one of the worst in the league. So now that you get to bring it in here, maybe you can start splitting guys up and we'll look uh, in further episodes of where we see to bring it fitting and how they can change their power play now that he's a part of this. And the opportunities are just so exciting when you have an incredible goal scorer like Alex Dabrinkit. And this is the thing. like I was so nervous Pierre Dorian was going to use that seventh overall pick to acquire a middling a middle uh, forward, like maybe a guy that has scored 20 goals before, but he's on the downturn of his career and the Sens are banking on him having a bounce back year, or it's a good contract for cheap money and they're going to make it work like that. That's not what the Sens need to be doing. They tried that in the past with Evgeny Dadanov, with <laughs> Derek Stepan. I hesitate to even mention that because they were banking on those guys being able to, even though they were later on in their career, bounce back and, Alex Brinkett is in his prime at 24 years old. He just scored 41 goals last season. And sure, you start looking at the contract um, part of this and the qualifying offer, he, Alex Brinkett is making $9 million in real money, which for the Senators to be okay with shows that they're really turning the page here because before, typically the Sens would go the other way in these deals where the cap hit is high, but the real dollars was low. This is the exact opposite scenario. And when you have to bring it uh, at $9 million in real cash, his qualifying offer is going to have to start there next year when they start looking at uh, RFA uh, options for to bring it. So they're going to have to shore up and pay him. But when you have a guy that's able to score 40 plus goals and you can put him on a line with Tim Stutzla and they can grow and develop together. That's fine. You can worry about that in the future. You don't often get opportunities like when in what world are 24 year old 40 goal scores made available. The fact that Chicago felt they needed to move him and they needed to move him now for that return. That's baffling for me, honestly, because why not try to move him 
at the deadline when teams are willing to pay more for him? Why not try to try to get more value even throughout the offseason? Because this was an underwhelming return. I think for once, the entire internet is saying the Ottawa Senators easily won this trade. They didn't have to give up a major prospect. They didn't have to give up any players off their roster. So to bring it slides into their top six without bouncing anyone out. And the Ottawa Senators are looking like they're in great shape to score a lot of goals next season. Something that they really struggled on. So... We had Kevin Fiala as our top trade target. He went to LA with the extension and a lower price, but Debrinket is a much better player. He's going to score more goals, put him in the right spot, and he's going to thrive on this team. And I think Brady Kachuk, the captain of this team, the leader, he definitely reached out to him, I'm sure. He made Debrinket feel excited to come to Ottawa. And if you're Debrinket, why wouldn't you be excited? This is a team with so much fun talent. They've got guys coming up through the pipeline. Jake Sanderson has arrived. Tim Stutzla is now thriving in the center uh, ice position. You got Norris, Kachuk, Shabbat's locked in, Batherson's locked in. There is a lot of potential if you're Debrinket thinking, okay, I can see this really working in Ottawa. And Pierre Dorian mentioned they're going to have talks uh, about an extension, but they want to kind of see how the fit works. And he's not too worried that this deal came without an extension. And, and that's fine. And the fact that the Ottawa centers were able to pull this off is just incredible. Like, Alex DeBrinket is an Ottawa Senator. Let that sink in, Sens fans. This is a major victory. We got to start celebrating uh, at a first round of a draft without worrying about the stress and anxiety that comes with maybe reaching on a pick or how's this player going to develop? When is he going to be ready? We got a guy you can put into your top six right now. And that's a good feeling because the Senators haven't been able to pull off those kinds of deals before. Now, Let's take a look at uh, the Chicago Blackhawks with the seventh overall selection. They pick Kevin Korchinski. And if you guys have been following along with Ross and I's pro- uh, prospect talk and rankings and everything, we were quite low on Korchinski uh, as opposed to the consensus of other scouts and online because I think we both had him in our final rankings right around 20th. And the reason for that is... He's such an offenseman. Like he's someone that is going to put up a lot of points, but EP has a couple of game reports. And one of their quotes is he's a complete liability on defense. And if the senators ended up keeping this pick and taking Kevin Korchinski, I think Ross and I would have rioted. Like it it would have been, it would have been a terrible fit. And I'm not saying that the senators would have taken Korchinski or that's not a good pick for the Blackhawks, but for that to be the prize jewel of your Debrinket trade, Blackhawk fans, they can't feel too great about that because then sure you get the 39th pick and there's some talent to be had later on. And, and there's some good players there, but no one near what Alex Dabrinka can provide. And if you're Kevin Korchinski, that's a lot of pressure on you because the uh, the Blackhawks gave up a great young asset and they're really in, in full scorched earth rebuild mode here. And the Blackhawks, for a team that had no first round picks to pick three times in uh, in the first round, that was a crazy day for their management. So very interesting times in Chicago, but... The Ottawa Senators fans can be very, very glad that uh, they have acquired Alex to bring it for the seventh overall and 39th overall pick in this draft. 
and then a third round pick in 2024. So essentially a first round pick, a second round pick, and a third round pick for a 40 plus goal score. We'll do that every day. And it was awesome to see the Sens social media page. Uh, they posted uh, Pierre Dorian finalizing the call with Chicago. And after he uh, hangs up the phone, he shakes Trent's man, Trent Mann's hand and says, sorry about giving up that seventh uh, overall pick. And Trent goes for a 40-plus goal score. No worries. And that's the exact attitude that the Senators need to have here. So I'm fired up about it. Even though it's late, I'm tired. It's been a long day covering the draft with the Locked On NHL show. Go check out all the reactions to all the picks we had for the entire first round. But you, you couldn't. I'm so glad that we don't have to deal with the stress that comes along with one of those picks and we get a bona fide stud at uh in alex to bring it so it's good times in sense land that's for sure and if you want to have good times this summer you need to fuel up with the best protein bar out there as far as i'm concerned it's built bar the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar there's so many amazing flavors to choose from and what i love best about built bar guys is they make their bars taste good and then find out how to make them healthy. And the best way I can uh, describe that is their Built Puff bars. Do you guys like marshmallows? I'm sure you do, but typically they're not very healthy for you. How about protein-infused marshmallows? That's the Built Bar way. And if you guys haven't tried Built Bar, we recommend getting their mixed box for your first purchase because there's so many amazing flavors they got uh raspberry they got brownie they got coconut they got peanut butter they got mint chocolate so many good flavors that you some you're gonna want to try them all go to built.com to get all your favorites they're so delicious and new flavors are coming out all the time that's what i love about built is they keep it fresh Go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. It's Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. All right, guys, the end of the first round is here, and the Ottawa Senators did not make a pick. Instead, they have Alex Dabrinkit, and even though Ross and I put hours and hours and hours into our preparation for this draft, we had 64 prospect profiles, and the Senators picked none of them, but that's fine. I don't even care because I'm fired up about Dabrinkit playing with Tim Stutzla. That is going to be absolutely incredible, but... We did uh, do a lot of research for this draft, so watching it unfold, even though the Sens weren't involved, still was very interesting. And this, as far as I'm concerned, was one of the most interesting NHL drafts we've had in a very long time. Because although there wasn't a surefire consensus first overall pick among scouts and uh, online reporters and analysts... I felt pretty confident that the Montreal Canadiens were going to select Shane Wright because... They need help up the middle. He's a guy that uh, is a safe projection. I think he's someone that everyone sees playing in the NHL fairly soon, playing for a long time in the NHL. He got exceptional status in the in the OHL. He put up 94 points with Kingston. So he's someone that just made a lot of sense. And I didn't think that the first pick of this draft was going to throw things off, but Leave it to the Montreal Canadiens and their new management staff to really shake things up as they select Yuri Slavkovsky first overall. And look, I'm not trying to say that's a bad pick because I love Slavkovsky and um, 
when the draft lottery hadn't happened yet. I, we were hoping the Sens would get second so they could have an opportunity to take Slavkovsky. But if that wouldn't happen, it would have happened. He wouldn't have been there because Montreal, Montreal would have taken him. And it's an interesting move because it's very different than Montreal's approach in uh, previous drafts. We know they've uh, tried to take centers and it hasn't really worked out for them uh, for many reasons with different players. So maybe they just thought, you know what, we're going to take Slavkovsky, a big power forward, and we're going to work around it. And we'll end up getting a center or two later on down the road in this draft. And that is what they did. Ultimately, uh, they acquired Kirby Dock. And they draft Philip Meshar, 26th overall. So they get their center position covered with two new centers coming in and a power forward. So although I would have loved to be in Montreal for that pick, because from what it sounds like, people were not happy in the building. I think they were expecting just to get Shane Wright and you move on. A bunch of Habs fans had uh, Wright shirts printed. They were, everyone seemed like it was going to happen, but that's not the case. So I thought this draft was going to get interesting at fifth overall. It got interesting right off the bat. And then everyone kind of had Slavkovsky going to the devil. So they have to go off the board now. Shane Wright available. They got to take him. Nope. Okay. Logan Cooley, the another guy that a lot of uh, a few prospect uh, analysts had first overall. They got to take him, right? Nope. They go with Simon Nemich. The right-hand uh, defenseman, which again, not a bad pick, but when you're looking at the value of Logan Cooley and Shane Wright available there, even in my opinion, David Dierczyk might have been a, a, a good pick there because some EP, they said they had discussions whether or not he could be a first overall selection. So a lot of intrigue and Shane Wright ends up falling all the way to Seattle at fourth overall and we really thought Seattle was going to look to shore up on defense because they got Matty Beniers. He's going to be a stud as a centerman. But when you can get a one-two punch of Matty Beniers and Shane Wright as an expansion draft, some of the best teams are built through the middle. And you've got probably your number one center and your number two center for a long time here if they want in Shane Wright and Beniers. That's pretty good. So the Seattle Kraken definitely come out uh, very good here. And as we move on, the Philadelphia Flyers taking Cutter Gauthier. I don't think anyone's too surprised at that. Uh, when Ross and I were looking at picks for seventh overall for the Sens, he was the guy we picked every mock draft, but we were worried Philly would love this type of player. They always talk about getting back to Flyers type hockey, uh, bully hockey, and that's the kind of guy that's going to help them get there. And we didn't think he would get past Columbus either. Columbus ends up with, in my opinion, a steal with David Yerchek at sixth overall. That's going to help their already good young back ends. And then uh, Kevin Korczynski goes seventh, as I talked about in the first segment. Marco Casper to the Detroit Red Wings is an interesting pick. I really thought they were going to go Frank Nazar here because he's a Michigan guy born and raised going to University of Michigan. And he fits a lot of the boxes that Steve Eiserman usually likes. But Marco Casper fits those boxes too. So it makes sense. And I think he's someone that safely projects as an NHL player down the road just with how uh, how hard he works. And he's... Um, Already a solid prospect playing in the SHL. So definitely Casper. I don't mind that pick at all for the Detroit Red Wings. Buffalo Sabres go with Matthew Savoy. I think that makes a lot of sense. That's the kind of player that they really like. 
trying to find uh, I, I would say then the rest of the the draft kind of falls in place with these picks Mintyukov at 10 I love that pick for the Ducks geeky for the uh, Arizona Coyotes I thought maybe there's a little more value here. Like I mentioned, Frank Nazar was available, but uh, Arizona, they're just trying to get uh, any player. So to have a big uh, centerman added to your core after you added Logan Cooley, that's pretty solid too. Columbus goes back with a defenseman with Denton Matejchuk. So you're looking at Columbus's uh, first picks here in Yerchuk and Matejchuk. I like both of those players a lot. So add them to Wierenski, Balkvist, and uh, Jake Bean. And you've got yourself a nice young decor that they're going to start looking at here. The Winnipeg Jets, an amazing first round as far as I'm concerned. They get Rucker McGrory, a player Ross and I both really liked. And uh, Winnipeg always manages to find value in like, like the middle teens of the first round here, let alone for them to have a chance to take Brad Lambert at 30th overall, I love that home run swing for the Winnipeg Jets because they already have a full NHL roster. They have a good pipeline in uh, players that uh, have fallen to them in Chaz Lucius. And, um, and they've just been able to have guys fall in their lap with a lot of value here. And they do it once again. I think Lambert, he's going to need some time. But if they bring him over to play in Saskatoon, the team with the CHL rights, I think he can really get a lot of better development than he was over in Liga where he struggled to find a spot to fit. So the Winnipeg Jets, as far as I'm concerned, did a really good job in today's draft. One of the biggest winners, though, has to be the Nashville Predators as they get Joachim Kamel at 17th overall. He's someone we and a lot of other people had pegged the Ottawa Senators to select at 7th overall. Not many mock drafts or rankings had Kamel outside of their top 10 because he's a feisty little player that plays a physical game and has an incredible shot. I really think Kamel is going to be able to replace Victor Arvidsson as a second-line 25-plus goal scorer down the road, and that's exactly what Nashville needs now. And they added Ryan McDonough as well. So David Poyle and the Predators having a really nice offseason. Then the Dallas Stars taking Liam Bichelle. This is one I had uh, pegged for a long time. They love their big defenseman. We know they had Jamie Oleksiak before, and everything's bitter, bigger in Texas, so why not take a big defenseman in Leon Bichelle? The Minnesota Wild, with the pick they got from trading Kevin Fiala, they go with Liam Ogren. That's someone that Cam Robinson uh, from Elite Prospects really had highly touted, so I think that makes a lot of sense for them. And then the Washington Capitals going with Ivan Marishnichenko. If there was one team that was going to take a home run swing on him, it made sense that it was the Caps with all the Russian players that they have there. And you know what? They can take a bit of a risk as as they still have a good NHL roster. And uh, they probably have some intel on Marishnichenko or at least some, some hopes and familiarity with Russian prospects that they think this can work out. And we're all hoping that uh, his treatment uh, continues to be positive and his health continues to be positive after his uh, diagnosis. And 
he had a major health scare with uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma, and but it seems like everything's looking good for him now. So I love taking a big swing on a guy with a big shot. And he has, I'm not saying he's going to be Alexander Ovechkin uh, quality because there's not much better than that, the, arguably the greatest goal scorer ever. But he has a lot of those qualities, uh, a, le- a left shot guy that plays on the right wing and he can take those big one-timers. So I think uh, that's going to work out great for them. Then as we go down the list here, uh, the Minnesota Wild, they take a big swing with Danila Yurov. That's someone that Scott Wheeler was very high on, and we talked about that in our interview with him. And they're... They need to take some home run swings because the bio penalties they're going to have with uh, Parise and Suter, it's like $12 million for two years. So they're not going to have the cap space. So maybe they're hoping that they can get some entry-level contracts in here. And a guy like Yurov... He didn't get to play a lot in the KHL as uh, as I was famously frustrated about the minutes he played. He only averaged like three minutes a night in the KHL and he spent a lot of his time there sitting on the bench. So we'll see if they bring him over to North America to get developed uh, under their eyes and they can get him a little bit more ice time and get used to North American style game. So I like that pick for them as well. Montreal, as mentioned, uh, they get Philip Meshar later on in the draft. The San Jose Sharks... That's a bit of an underwhelming pick for them, especially they need to reload here. Philip Bysted, I feel like, is a safe pick with not a lot of upside. Then moving down, you got the Arizona Coyotes going with Maverick Lamoureux, an absolute beast, six foot seven, uh, just under two hundred pounds. I didn't love this pick for them either. There's so much value left to be had. I thought they could have taken a better player like Brad Lambert, like Isaac Howard. Ryan Chesley is a guy Ross and I both really like. So for them to take Maverick Lamoureux in the first round was very surprising for me, especially because I think he probably would have been available for some of their second round picks. But obviously he's a guy they coveted and they really focused on him. And then for the Tampa Bay Lightning to get Isaac Howard, I mean... The rich just get richer in this opportunity because the Tampa Bay Lightning get a great all-around player that I wouldn't be surprised if he's playing in the NHL sooner rather than later and they can cash in on that entry-level contract because they're always in cap trouble. So that's a great pick for them. And the Edmonton Oilers, they finish off the first round drafting a kid from their area in Reed Schaefer. He grew up. In Alberta, Spruce Grove, Alberta, and he put up big points for the Seattle Thunderbirds, 58 points in 66 games. And then the playoffs, he had 21 points in 25 playoff games. That was one player we did not profile in our top 64. So interesting to see him round out the first round, but I'm sure Oilers fans are going to be very excited about that as they also move on from Zach Cassian's contract, free up a little cap space in uh, the process here. So, Those are kind of all the big notes that I found from the first round. And I I loved watching along. And especially with all the trades, all the movement we had, I was busy doing the locked on NHL draft. uh, So I missed a lot of that action as it happened, just catching up now. And it is wild how this first round shook out. So for everyone that got to enjoy it, that's as good as entertainment goes. No matter what team you follow, it was entertaining. And for Sens fans to sit back, relax, watch other teams panic and stress out and get mad online at picks that they did make or picks they didn't make, that was refreshing for us. We all deserve that to just sit back and be like, yeah, have fun with your prospects and your hope. We've got Alex to bring it right now. So definitely that's a great feeling. And uh, a lot of these kids... 
they're going to be on the move and uh, hitting the road trying to get to their new teams. And if they're taking a car to get there, we recommend they make sure their car is all ready to go by getting their parts at rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions when the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computers? You have computers and you have access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket on your mobile device. So save time and money when using Rock Auto. They're a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over two decades. Their prices are reliably low for every customer. They got everything you need, guys. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet Get it all at rockauto.com and go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Guys, check out rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car could ever need. Visit rockauto.com. All right, after a little breather there and after going over the first round and the Alex Dabrinkit trade, I'm going to look ahead a little bit to tomorrow's uh, day as the Senators, their next pick won't be for a while as they don't pick until 64th overall. That was the Tampa pick and I would be surprised even if they end up taking that pick because Pierre Dorian has really made it seem like he's not done. He was very public about the Senator still trying to get a defenseman. So maybe that's something he leverages. Again, this is known as a bit of a weaker draft class, but there is some value in the second round from players that Ross and I looked at. Then the Senators have their own second round pick, or uh, pardon me, their own third round pick and the Boston Bruins third round pick. They have their own fourth, their own fifth, the Bruins fifth, the Jets fifth, which they got in the Zach Sanford trade, their own sixth, and the Islanders seventh round. So they still have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine picks to go in day two. So plenty of action for the scouts, uh, that's for sure. And like we heard, Trent Mann not too upset about losing picks seven and 39 when you got a 40 plus goal score. Not bad at all. So. Just taking a look at uh, Ross and I's rankings here of some players that are still available that we think would make a lot of sense for the Ottawa Senators select. Are they going to be there? Probably not. But here's some of our top value guys that you can look, keep an eye out for as the second round gets started. I would say most notably, um, someone that I was surprised was not selected is uh, Ryan Chesley, a right-hand shot defenseman from the U.S. program. He's already committed to college in Minnesota, and he's someone that Ross and I both really liked. Then you look at other defensemen, uh, Tristan Luneau, a ri- another righty, so there's a lot of value there. Seamus Casey, another righty. You've got um, one of my guys from the Guelph Storm, Danny Jilkin, a center. He's available. Jagger Furcus, someone with amazing offensive ability. and Jack Hughes, someone that uh, the Montreal Canadiens maybe will look as uh, Kent Hughes might want to draft his own son with uh, some of the picks they have left. So the second round is definitely going to be interesting. And there's still a lot of players that I think the Senators, if they so choose, 
if they want to make up for not having the 39th overall, maybe they'll end up trading up if they find a guy they like. If you're asking me, hopefully in the middle of the second round, the Sens will trade up and select my guy, Ty Nelson from the North Bay Battalion. He's a shorter player, but 200 pounds. He's got strength. He puts up points. A right-hand shot defenseman. There's a lot for me to like about him. And then on the flip side, Ross's guy, Lane Hudson, a smaller, shifty defenseman, a puck mover. He's also going to be available. I can't wait to see where he ends up as there's a lot of upside for uh, Lane Hudson, especially if he grows a bit and can, t- can continue to play that uh, shifty type game where he's just constantly uh, frustrating opponents by getting out of the way of hits and moving the puck up ice and uh, creating opportunities for his teammates. So those are two guys we're definitely going to be watching and it's going to be very interesting to see if this second day of the draft holds as much excitement as round one did and day one did, because that was a crazy amount of trades. I can't even keep track of all the trades that happened. Uh, the Leafs end up trading Mrazic. Uh, there's so many teams moving back. The Sharks move back. The Oilers move back to dump Cassian's contract. So, Lots of action happening in round one. If there's anything similar to that happening in rounds two through seven, we're in for a real treat. And I think the Ottawa Senators have been known to find some real value later on in the draft. And I think their scouts are going to be ready for that. And there's no reason not to be excited for guys that even in the third and fourth round that could turn out to be real players for the Sens in the future. So I know I'm going to be watching very closely on tomorrow's uh, draft day. It is late at night. It's been a long day covering this draft. So that's all I've got for today. Thank you very much for listening to the Locked On Senators podcast. Your team every day.